Ah, forgot to turn my mic on and forgot to turn the volume all the way up. My goodness. Not a good way to start. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We uh, do things a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. Uh, We cover ASU football and ASU basketball uh, to go along with it. And all presented by Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Go to Muya Billings, get you a burger, get you some fries, um, get you a shake, but go on Monday. Go on Monday and get your shake um, because the shake machine is down. I, I think I've said it on, on, on the broadcast a little bit to get a shake, um, but in, in Billings, our shake machine is down, but I t- spoke with Rico today. He's the general manager. He said, Shake Machine is getting, they're getting a whole brand new one, I, I do believe. And um, so it should work better than, than the old one did, obviously, being new. And uh, he said, they will have shakes on Monday. That's what he's being told. You know, uh, maybe it might change. Sometimes you have things that go on um, in, the, in the world of business that, um, oh gosh, um, that was, uh, sorry guys, that was, uh, man, I accidentally set my phone down and then like some part of my desk was pushing up against it. I have the Diamondbacks game going on right now and, uh, you know, because of this mic, it doesn't usually pick it up, at least I, you know, in my headphones it doesn't, maybe it, I hope it doesn't on the, uh, on the broadcast, if it does, well, you know, I guess you hear it very, very faintly. I try not to let it be so loud to bleed because, you know, I, I don't want to get in trouble for rebroadcasting a game uh, on a different pla- uh, platform. So uh, I apologize uh, for that. Um, hopefully you guys, you know, uh, any any legal per- person listening right now, um, you know, hopefully you didn't catch enough to, you know, for me to get sued or something like that. That would be terrible. Um, but full disclosure... I, I didn't mean to do that. I promise. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I let that distract me. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know how in business works, you know, uh, someone's that, you know, whether it's being delivered or someone's installing it and, you know, whatever it happens. And, you know, so right now, Monday is is the day. So um, you have have the weekend uh, to go without shakes, but Monday they will have shakes and and go to Muyan Billings and get one. If you live anywhere near any other um, Muyan locations, feel free to to go there and uh, you know check out what they have. Um, but I'm just you know obviously I live in Billings. You know Muyan Billings is my unofficial um, uh, presenting sponsor, uh, so. You know, I'm gonna pump them out, but you know, I I don't mind pumping out the other the other Muya locations. Um, and so if you live near one, um, or even if you don't, it's it's worth the trip, <laughs> unless the trip is you know several several hours. Like if it's, I would say it's worth it if it's like, um, an hour or well, 
me, I'm crazy, and I love to travel. So I, I would like, I, I probably like. So full disclosure, um, <laughs> I traveled um, to. I was picking up some friends from the airport, and uh, um, I'm sorry uh, um, to to uh, um, Matt and uh, and Tamra. Uh, but their plane was de- de- uh, delayed. But I-, I think I got to them just a hair to like a minute or so later than than what was planned. But their plane was late. So, um, but I never did tell them that I went and uh, um, detoured to uh, a little bit past um, New Orleans um, in uh, Charles. I think it's St. Charles or something. No, it's not St. Charles. It's not St. Charles. It's it's a smaller town, like maybe 30, 45 minutes past New Orleans. Um and I got I got a uh um Jack in the Box. Big fan of Jack in the Box. They they do not support uh Big Sky Sports Talk. Well, I mean, well, technically Muya Billings doesn't either, but uh, hopefully very soon or or something, you know, so just, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, I, I went there and so I, I, it was a, it was a trip, you know, to pick up some friends from the airport, um, um, New Orleans, um, uh, uh, Louis Armstrong International is like a two, a little over two hours, right about two hours from, from Mobile and, you know, New Orleans is not far, you know, the traffic is the worst part when you're starting to get into um, New Orleans. But uh, it, it, you know, they've redone the airport there, and it's it, and it's really nice and actually kind of really easy to, if you don't want to park, and maybe, you know, someone's plane is just delayed by a little bit, you know, then you can just, you know, circle, keep on circling around if you want. Or there's like a gas station not too far, hang out at the gas station, whatever, and then boom, you're, you're, you're not like, a minute from uh, the uh, arrivals gate. It's really easy the way they've redone it. it, it I like it. Um, it's better than the old one um, and easier to get to. And they're going to make it easier and easier to get to. It's been a while since uh, I've even been in the South. I've been, I've been in Billings for over a year. Um, but um, they were they were not done with some of the road work. So they're going to make it even easier it's just going to be like an exit boom and then right into right into you know uh the road that takes you to departure departures or arrivals uh, but they make it super easy if you want to just keep on circling you know you're not using a whole lot of gas at least not to me and uh so that way you don't have to worry about paying the the park parking thing you know fee or whatever you know short term parking then you can just you know make the circle and it's not so super busy to do that um and so uh i think i had time to do a couple laps uh so but i was worried that i was gonna be cutting it close you know so that's why i apologize to matt and tamra right now on on the air they never i don't think they ever knew that i did that um until now um but i went to the jack in the box uh but back to muya you know um like for me i'm crazy and i love traveling and, and like food that i can't get a whole lot such as jack in the box i will go like you know, two and a half, you know, 
you know, three hours to, to get something every now and then. It's like, you know, on special occasions, especially if I'm already going to be relatively close, I'll take the extra little bit to go. Um, uh, but, you know, for I don't want to, you know, cause you guys to spend a whole heck of a lot of money just to go to Muya, a Muya location. I mean, it, it's... It's that fantastic that I would, but let's just say, say there's one an hour from you, it's definitely worth it. I'll, I'll give you an hour, you know, like if you're hardcore like me, you know, definitely, definitely worth it if it's two, two hours or more, you know, uh, if it, if it's, you know, uh, uh, five or more, you know, it's, it might not be a, as worth it, but, uh, definitely check out any Muya location if you don't mind. Um, but if you're in or around Billings, you know, go there, tell them I sent you, talk to Rico and, and they'll, they'll hook you up. I think those, the longest free, free plug, excuse me, um, that I've ever had, um, in, in, in an instance like this, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty jacked up. I mean, even the social media page. Uh, Instagram page of the Muya, Muya Burgers, Fries, and Shakes. Like, that's, like, the page that's for all Muya locations. Even they've seen my video, and they're, like, you know, they're pretty jacked up about it. And so, like, I feel like I'm so close to, you know, some kind of partnership maybe. I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to keep on talking about it. Even, like, even uh, especially when I be becomes like some kind of partner, then I'm you're going to hear it a lot. And I'm, I, you know, I'm just telling you now, you know, I got to do my job to get you there. Um, because, you know, they're, they're supporting me, you know, or if they support me, I got to get you there. Um, and, you know, you guys understand how it works. But uh, as far as Billings goes, you know, the, they've been so good to me that I'm going to keep on talking about them regardless. But, uh, you know, I, I'm so jacked up about where that's going. And, and I, you know, I don't want to give in, in any too, too many details because some of them I don't even have. I don't even have them. So I, uh, I appreciate you guys going and checking them out. Um, but if you want to wait till Monday to get a shake, do that. Do that. Um, another long day for me at work. Uh, I end up working another two hours and 45 minutes. Um past uh past my working uh time uh i am excited that i'm i'm trying to um to change my schedule on saturdays saturday specifically to like work at 5 a.m and get off at 2 because uh coming um the 9th and 10th 9th being saturday and 10th being sunday um canvas will have here in billings canvas uh church billings will have a saturday night gathering i'm super super excited about um about that i mean yeah let's let's give it up we're excited our church is growing jesus is good god is good and um we're we're doing things god is doing things uh uh at uh at my church and so um, practice is going to be at four and, um, and then the gathering is at six. Uh, so I wanted to try to get off. And so I talked to, um, our, our people lead, uh, person and, uh, her name is Jennifer. And I, I talked to her and I said, Hey, 
you know, I got this, got my church starting uh, gatherings on Saturday. Um, is there any way I can change my Saturday to come in early? And like that, that's how devoted and how jacked up I am to, to volunteer and serve at my, my church. And I've always been that like that with every church, not just, not just, uh, uh, canvas, but I've, I've been that with every church. You can ask anybody and, and they'll tell you. Um, but I, 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 you know, I'm fine with working until five Friday night and waking up, you know, coming home and waking up, uh, at four to get to work at five, you know, for Saturday, it is absolutely worth it to me. And so I'm hoping that that will happen and that that will change things, uh, very, very soon. Um, and, uh, be, hopefully before, um, you know, I told her, I said, if that can be effective, like, you know, um, starting in September, you know, that'd be awesome. And she said she'll look into it. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then, uh, I buried the lead, but you know, I, I didn't want to say last but not least, but, um, today is my nephew Michael's birthday. Um, and I'm super excited. Uh, and he started school. He is so stinking cute. Uh, and let's see if I can, I'm going to rip this off of, um, my sister-in-law's thing and she she uh she posted a bunch of pictures and video of Michael going to school and he is so stinking cute and his birthday today um so here is let's see let's see here's the the video Michael <laughs> he's he's in his uh school outfit Michael. and that's my uh sister-in-law she he's running and she says michael and he turns around he has this big cheesy grin on him it is it is is awesome i i, I mean i tried to describe it the best i can but he he is so stinking cute so happy birthday to my nephew michael um named after my dad and so that that's always that's like a big deal. Um and he's actually named after um both dads. Um Val's dad and uh, and mine. Uh which uh, which is my brother, you know, my brother's dad as well. And uh so, you know, that that's really cool. So happy birthday to Michael and and you know, I'm I'm super jacked up. So um you know, feel free to shoot me birthday messages to pass along if you want you know you don't have to but um you can and you know uh cheers to uh to michael even though he can't cheers yet uh and i don't even cheers either so i, I don't even know why i say that but um but yeah that's everything going on with me uh it's been a little while since i had a like a lot you know um a lot going on uh it really has um, my, the, these, uh, talks have been very, very short, so it's Friday, um, and, well, it's Friday of recording, I, I don't think I'll get this out before Friday ends, if I do, like some of you guys, hardcore people, will get the notification, and, and then your, 
uh, you'll listen to it, and you'll you actually get a Friday show. So this kind of be a Friday and, and Saturday show. You know, I've, I've done a lot of the, that this week, and I apologize, but uh, it's just the best I I can give this week. Hopefully, it will be better um, next week. Um, sound credits. Uh, we have uh, dbacks.com gives us uh, uh, yesterday's uh, Diamondbacks and Padres game. Um, and then azcardinals.com uh, gives us Nick Rollis, defensive coordinator, um, Fro Holt, um, Yelda Froholt, Holt, and uh, Michael Wilson, who's been a major talk of, of, uh, of camp. Um, and then fr- uh, from Arizona Sports, the Arizona Sports YouTube page, Burns and Gambo, uh, have have an interesting, or not interesting, but have a conversation, you know, about DeAndre Ayton. We've talked a lot about DeAndre Ayton lately. Um, and so that's kind of swirling around the valley. Like it could, you know, could what he's doing um, with the uh, Bahamas national team uh, help this upcoming season? Like it seemed, you know, and yes, it's a different kind of competition, but it's not even that it's you know what we're seeing and hearing about how focused DeAndre Ayton is so we'll have uh, uh, sound credits from 987 for, for that that part of the conversation so just Diamondbacks Cardinals and um, and Suns uh, today no no issue um, I went to Sun Devil source they didn't have anything they might not have had a had a practice or uh, media availability uh, so uh, other than this part of it being almost 20 minutes long, we have somewhat of a shorter show uh, than we've had th- so far this week, so uh, we'll we'll get uh, going with uh, Diamondbacks up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy, Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. D-backs win again uh, after winning the series. They start off this series against the Padres last night. And they won three to one, um, with a uh, Tommy Pham homer in the fourth and a Moreno homer in the fifth. Uh, that's all they would need, and uh, you know Corbin Carroll scored with that Tommy Pham homer. Uh, but uh, the homers is uh, is is what did it, and Zach Gallen uh, was was fantastic. Um, he had. Uh, six and one third innings, gave up three hits, only one earned run, one walk, three strikeouts, three point one seven ERA. Kyle Nelson uh, went one and a third, 
also three strikeouts, has a three ERA. And Martinez, he was brought back up. He He's pitched uh, earlier in the season, uh, just actually uh, last month, in fact. Uh, one and a third, closed it down, only walked two, and sh- he also struck out three. Uh, he has a three, uh, 13.50 ERA. He, he uh, had some things get away from him earlier. Part of the reason why he was uh, sent back down. Uh, but uh, Diamondbacks... Uh, three runs on three hits, and uh, Padres one run on three hits. Both teams no errors. Martinez with the save, Gallon with the win, and uh, this is how it how it all went down. A heartfelt thank you to all the Padre fans. And oh this, guy, this guy, this like guy. Donnie's got the neck brace. I know what's hey, going on. Was that a car accident? Was yeah, it? That was in the box. <laughs> okay. There's a rally guy. Yeah, we see you. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got the bobblehead, Sweet. too. Thank you. What a special night it is for both of us, bud. Geraldo Perdomo, first pitch swinging in the air to right field. Routine for Fernando Tatis Jr. He makes the catch. Three perfect innings for Rich Hill. Here's the former Marlin, Garrett Cooper. First pitch swinging. Lines one towards the left field corner, and that'll be a rule book double. Bounced off the warning track over the short fence in the left field corner, and the first base runner for either team in this game is Garrett Cooper, who doubles with one out in the bottom of the third. So Cooper at second, two outs now, and here's the leadoff man, Ha-Sung Kim. Swing, high fly ball, left field. Fam back. The well shy of the track is underneath it and makes the catch. And there's a one-out walk. First Diamondback base runner after Hill set down the first 10. And he's on board ahead of Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham hits a fly ball deep to left center. And it's out of here. Tommy Pham back in San Diego. And he makes it 2-0 D-backs. Wow, was that oh shot. Oh, my goodness. That was crushed. 2-0 Diamondbacks. Hill set down the first 10 men to come to bat. Gabby Moreno leads off the top of the fifth inning. Moreno sends one deep the other way. Tatis in pursuit to the track, to the wall, and it's gone. Gabriel Moreno makes it 3-0 Diamondbacks. And Gabby hits his fourth of the year. 3-0 Diamondbacks in the bottom of the fifth. Runner at second, two away. Trent Grisham. Line to right, and that's going to get in for a base hit. Cronenworth being sent around. The throw is cut off. Padres are on the board. Trent Grisham driving in their first run. A two-out RBI knock for Trent Grisham. 12 fly ball outs in the ballgame. There's been a lot of loud contact against him, but he's living right so far. Pitch number 100 right here. And there's another one, a line drive right to Nick Ahmed. How is he getting away with this, Candy? Tori Lovello's going to get his ace out of there at exactly 100 pitches through six and a third. How about the effort tonight from Zach Gallen? You said it. He did not have his best stuff tonight, but he held the Padres to one run. Here's Corbin Carroll. Need a base hit to bring this run home. It's currently 3-1 Diamondbacks in the top of the eighth. That's strike three. Avila gets out of the jam. They leave Ahmed at third base. That's huge. Fourth strikeout for Pedro Avila. One out, one on. Manny Machado. An 0 for 3 ninth. There's the Padres DH. Got him! Oh, Justin Martinez just dropped that breaking ball in there and gets Machado looking for the second out in the ninth. Second walk allowed by Justin Martinez in the ninth. Luce Cronenworth an opportunity. One career walk off. Got him! 
Justin Martinez shuts the door, strands two, and somehow with this exhausted bullpen, they get a 3-1 win here in San Diego, and what a moment for his first career save. Exhausted bullpen because of the bullpen game uh, the other day um, that actually turned out to be a win. And so um, you, you got to get pretty pretty jacked up about that. And then as far as this game, I'll give you some more reason to get jacked up. Now, it's 0-0 right now currently. And, you know, obviously at the time of my recording – it's 0-0, but for Brandon Fott, he goes seven strong innings, only gives up one hit, no one runs, three walks, and and majority of his walks came late, five strikeouts. Now, uh, Miguel Castro, unfortunately, is on the mound. <laughs> that That's the unfortunate thing. I hope we don't lose it. I think that might be... Might be uh, a mistake by Tory to have uh, Castro up because if you remember, um, Gambo, he stinks. He can't pitch, <laughs> and he's been absolutely terrible lately. It's kind of up and down, uh, uh, you know, at the beginning, but lately, just absolutely terrible. And but it, you, you might say, well, because there's been so many arms from the bullpen game, and then there wasn't that many arms from. Uh, yesterday's game, last night's game. Um, that you, who else are you gonna have? So I don't, I don't know. Uh, but whatever. Uh, let's just hope that the D-backs don't uh, don't lose it uh, right now. Um, but that's everything Diamondbacks I have. We'll move on to Cardinals up next on uh, Big Sky Sports Talk. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, Cardinals, uh, Nick Rollis, the defensive coordinator, spoke to the media as long uh, as well as Froholt and uh, Michael Wilson, and uh, maybe we'll find out. Uh, I'm sure the question will be asked uh, if um, if Nick is planning on being in in the uh, in the booth or still on the field um, for this game or any games in the future. So, uh, you know, because they you know, asked JG and they said, no, ask, I don't know, ask Nick. So I'm sure that question um, will be asked and we'll find out. Um, but as far as that, uh, Nick, how, how things been going, uh, planning, planning for the Chiefs? There's always a lot of conversation when we get to the beginning of the preseason, even the beginning of the regular season, how tackling is going to be because nobody does it really. What's your kind of theory on that, and were you pleasantly surprised that the tackling was pretty good? Yeah, I, I thought the tackling was, was good. Um, there's different things that you, that you can do to work on it without actually tackling in practice, right? So you got to work at the skills that lead up to the point of attack, the track, as we call it here, which is, you know, you probably refer to it as angles. And when you take poor angles, that's when you can lead to um, – the ball cutting back on you, and that's when hidden yardage happens. That's when explosives happen. So I thought our angles were really well. That's something you can work on all the time in individual and in team period seven on seven, right, and taking the right track. And I thought we did a good job with that in the game. Um, we do work on getting our bodies in the correct position within the approach, right, so that's getting into the right 
posture, depending on the type of tackle. Um, and then we will work some through the point of attack, starting in a fit position during these periods more in, in individuals so that they get used to, once I've made contact, how do I wrap, wrap and drive or wrap and roll or sweep through the ankle or whatever that tackle is, there's different types of tackles, we'll work that. So you have to, you have to work it during camp in a broken down fashion. Um, and obviously the, the thing that going out there in the game is the first time we're putting it all together, right? And that's where you, you, gotta, you have to keep working the, the real thing. But I, was, I thought they did a good job with it. Yeah, you know, I, I think I kind of had the same expectation for every player. That was to tackle well, was to play with good motor, violence, take the ball away. And um, Zavin and really that, that whole group did a really good job of, of setting violent edges in the run game. Um, they're, they're closing in on the quarterback very well. I was, I was pleased with the rush. So, you know, my expectation was, was a little bit more macro for the whole defense. And, you know, Zavin and others did a great job. What are your The depth of your outside linebackers. It's, it's great. It's a great competition. Um, I feel great about the depth. There's a lot of guys in that room that if we had to go out there and start with them, I, I feel great going into that game. We know, we know you were down on the field for the last game. What's your plan for this week, and what do you think going forward? Yeah, so kind of my, my breakdown was this. I had one season that I was on the field. That was 2021, my first year in Philadelphia. And to be honest, I didn't like it. I, uh, you know, I was obviously coaching the linebackers, so I was working with them. But when you're coaching a position, you have to, you're responsible to sub your guys in and out. And when you're subbing guys in and out, you have to stand somewhere usually in, in the sticks, right? And when you're at that angle, very close to the line of scrimmage, it, it's hard to see run game. Um, and it's, it's not easy to see protections, not as easy to see routes. So my plan was to give going on the field another try because I had gone back up in the booth in 22. Um, it just it was a better compliment for Jonathan. And my plan was to, to do a game on the sidelines, stand a little bit further back, see if I could see what I needed to see. And then if that didn't work out, I was going to try going up in the booth. But I actually really liked it. I think there's value to being on the sideline where I can communicate um, with the players face to face, with with Jonathan face to face, because you know the head head coach, it's difficult to get a hold of that guy. Sometimes he's hopping forth between the offensive line, the defensive line. So, I I enjoyed being on the field. I think I'm going to go again preseason two on the field. Well, there's the answer. Um, and but he, you noticed something. He mentioned exactly what I mentioned that you're on the field. The communication with the players and the other coaches. Is much better, and if this is a team that's going to preach communication and preach culture, then you need, you know, and and also preach um, team before me. Um, then whether Nick Rollis likes it or not, if he feels it's better to be on the field, he'd be on the field. Uh, he said he's going to give it another shot. Maybe in preseason three, we'll see him up in the booth. See, you know, if he, you know, and then. Probably after that, he'll make his decision. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, Drew still has to do the same. But I, I like that. I like his answer as far as why. Um, because it's exactly, you know, what it's not necessarily, what, oh, because I like it because of what you want to hear. It's, it's because it's a great reason why. <laughs> Just be honest. Uh, and so it, I'm, you know, I'm pretty 
pretty uh, jacked up about that, and, and we'll see what happens. And, and hope you know, like I said, a lot of guys are pretty superstitious, but, um, you know, he's he's done both, which is great. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens going forward. But but there there it is. It's um, however it plays out, it plays out. I'm just right now looking for every guy to keep improving, right? And and roles will start to emerge as camp continues on. But I want to see guys continue to compete and get better. That's my main focus right now. You guys, a, lot of, a lot of your guys' success last year was you know how connected your defense was. And, you know how do you coach that into you know this team or a new team? Yeah, you, you have to you have to live it right to get connected. Um, you know, Jonathan does a great job of developing ways where there's more interaction, right? Player to player, coach to player, coach to coach. And that's great, but you, you have to be proactive with it yourself. You have to um, take the time to say, let me, let me take a moment to connect with this person, this coach, this player, whether it's on a personal level or a football level or both, you, it's about the effort you put into it. You can talk it all you want, but if you don't live it, um, it's, it's, it's not going to be effective, and, it's, and that goes for everybody, right? That goes for the players. You guys got to connect with each other. There are certain guys that I've encouraged, like, hey, you know, you're new here, or you've been here, this guy's new here. Like, how connected are you with this guy? And, well, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a handful of times, like, no, you guys needed to get really close. It's going to be important for this guy, or it's going to be important for you. So, you know, you got you to gotta live it. You're going to the Vikings next week, so the week up there. What do you think Mike Zimmer would think about having so many of his guys on the staff? This is Coach Zim. Um, I think Coach Zim would be proud. I think he he's somebody that obviously we all learn a lot from and, and major growth as coaches, as people when we are under him. And he always wanted to see coaches continue on and have success. And, you know, just, just talking to him, he's, he's a great resource still. And... Um, I do think he would be. He's happy to see us kind of all all together. I think that's that's it's cool that we're all kind of not everybody, but a lot of us do come from that Zimmer tree. What do you think his influences on you personally, and then um, step? Yeah, so like, I was that was my first years in the league were with Zim, and he really showed me the ropes on how to prepare for an opponent. I think I'd say there's a lot of things I learned from Zim. Obviously, defense, right, but. His preparation and how he went about scouting an opponent, preparing for an opponent, game planning an opponent really stuck with me, and I use a lot of Zimmer's tools. That's 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 been a huge influence for the course of my career. What's been your experience with practicing against other teams, and what do you hope to get out of that next week? With yeah, it, it's phenomenal because what what starts to happen as we go in camp and we and we continue to go against our offense, you, players get used to seeing very similar formations, motions, plays, and when you go against a new team, it provides a complete new stimulus where guys have to be able to process and take in different information and apply the rules of the defense and go out there and play within the defense, not, oh, I've recognized this, I've seen it, now I'm, I'm reacting to it. It's, oh, shoot, this is a new stimulus. How quickly can I process and apply my rules to it? So that's why I love going against a different offense. Um, it allows the players to have some new mental stimulus, whether that's the formations, the motions, the play types, um, the routes, the stems, 
all of that, different releases from new receivers, like that, that's all really critical. I think it's very beneficial for us. Uh, told reporters that the plan is for him to have his starters in there for a half. Obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and that offense, it's a pretty nice test considering it's preseason. Do you, do you enjoy that kind of uh, an analysis of your own defense going against that? Or because it's preseason, they're still do you I, don't get as much out of it. Do I enjoy good competition? Absolutely. Yes, I do. And yeah, it, it, that's a phenomenal offense, obviously. One of the best quarterbacks in the game, you know, you're gonna, you'll, you'll find out um, how high of a level you can compete. So I'm excited for that. You know, I, I don't, I'm. It's, it's just another game. Um, it's, there's no connection for me to, to go back to the Super Bowl. I think that's what you're kind of getting at, right? Yeah. Um, now I'm just, I'm looking forward to going out there and competing against them. Players and the things they have to deal with when you're practicing against another team. How much do you prepare them for what that's going to be like, or is it just, hey, just go out and do what you can do? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't overdo it um, because you do want to have a sense of, hey, let's let's apply our rules and go play our system. Um, so it's not like you're going to sit there and game plan very specifically, but you do want to cut your menu down a little bit, say, hey, guys, these are what the calls we're going to work on. Because you don't, you never go into a game with, hey, you got to know everything. And then all of a sudden, I'm calling something. This was up. I had no idea. Like, you, you prepare them for, hey, this is going to be the menu over these next couple practices. And you can bang through some tape and start applying your rules so that it isn't the first time that they're going through those reactions or, or um, playing their rules versus different routes, run game, all that stuff. Well, defense, we have calls, not plays. Just, just an FYI. Yeah, no, you wanna, um, you wanna try to at least touch everything. Um, there's obviously stuff that comes up in the season that maybe it was something that you didn't think that you were gonna need, and hey, now we need it, and we install it for the first time. Um, maybe it's something that you come up with during the season. You say, man, I wish I would have thought of this back in the wintertime, um, but it's going to be really good. I think it's worth the investment. Just try not to have too much defense that's brand new week to week. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of doing that to the players because no matter how great it is in your mind, you know, guys need reps to be able to get comfortable and execute things. And if you, it's something new, you better be really convicted going into that week that we're going to work through this and we're going to practice it and take the time, and it's worth the investment once we, we, we come out on the other end of this thing. So there's a balance there, and, and you try to get as much in, and you try to have some foresight on what you want to run during the season and kind of check those things off during training camp. Did you think that Steve that really jumped out about Owen Papo, and what are some other things you like about him? Yeah, yeah he, can, he can run. Um, Owen's doing a great job. He, he actually did it. Well, we gave him the green dot, too. I thought he did a phenomenal job with that. That's... That's not easy for a, a rookie going in there and having to call the huddle. He did a phenomenal job, smooth running. Um, you know, he played fast. He he was he was all over the field. I was I was pleased with his with his performance. How much Camp? Where do you see the experience kind of come through as a quarterback? With Colt, yeah, his decision making is really good. He'll find he'll find the if if we are not perfect in coverage, he's going to find that open receiver. Has made you a better coach. I mean, competing against his offense. How do you think on the defensive side? Uh, he's made you better. He made me better long before we were in Arizona. To be honest, when we were when we were in Minnesota, um, just constantly 
communicating with me, educating me on, on what is difficult from an offense perspective. Certain coaches around the league that he felt were good defensive coaches that turned into me really studying what they do and it's helped shape and kind of form a lot of my thought process or philosophies on things. So Drew was very beneficial early in my career and, and on offense right now, he, he's gonna put your rules in dilemma and you better make sure that you are ironed out. Now you can't change rules just because they don't work because not every call is gonna defend everything perfectly, but he has great compliments throughout his offense where you might be taking one thing away and he's got something he's gonna come right back to, to to hurt that defense, whether that's coverage, protect or their protections versus blitzes, whatever that is, he's got a great complimentary offense. It, it really tests your rules. I don't know. It's a, that's a feel thing. We'll see. Do you like it? Huh? Ah, uh, nah. I just kind of. I just. I feel like it kind of gets me in this locked-in mode. BJ, to where he carried some snaps this week. Uh, you know, we're we're talking through that. That'd be something you have to ask Jonathan about. All right, that's um, Nick Rallis, and we'll go ahead and move to the offensive side of the ball uh, with uh, uh, Yelda Froholt. You saw the tweet by Brandon Thorne this week where he kind of highlighted those two plays. What did that make you feel like when the the Twitter world is getting a taste of what you can do? Uh, of course, it's awesome. But I think uh, Fathers Alignment, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. D-Lineman a little bit different. They like to post all their highlights and stuff like that. I'd like to be, be behind the scenes. So it was, of course, it was awesome. And just so happened to be in some good positions. And on the screen, Corey really set up really well, was shaking a little bit. And the cornerback kind of got in his heels. So I got him there. And uh, on the uh, on the pass pro, you know, I kind of got lucky with a refit underneath. But so I'm not really, I don't know. <laughs> So there's a lot of attention. I like to be behind and just kind of do my job. What's the feeling like when you're able to see a defender like that and you know full steam ahead, it's you and him? I don't really think about it. I think it's just just doing my job and just trying to do it full speed. I think uh, I actually thought I was really late on the screen because uh, I had force on the play. So I have the widest guy and the corner was playing down low. So I was actually thinking I needed to turn up. But then I saw him out the corner of my eye. I'm like, I got to go get him because I don't know where Corey was because the defensive tackle kind of stood in there. Will did a really good job at picking him up. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just kind of flew out there and was hoping he was not going to juke me out. And it was been a low light because of my face would be planted in the grass. So, uh, did, your, uh, did your tracker pick up how many miles an hour you were running on that? I don't know. I haven't checked that. I need to check that out. That's one thing I do want to boast about, yeah. Probably hit about smooth 20 there for sure. What, what have you felt about the, the first line? and how it's developed throughout the offseason and now camp and heading towards the opening of the season, which isn't that far away. Uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with where our old line room is going, honestly. Um, it's been fun to be able to come in and, you know, technically it's three new faces on, on, the, on the line, you know, with me, Paris, and Eli, of course, uh, Hump, and when Will's been here. Um, so there's no one's actually played next to each other on that line before, but I feel like guys have been able to gel really well together and I thoroughly enjoy playing with uh, with Will. It's a big body. It's a lot of presence in there, which is awesome. And then Eli is also like a seven-year vet with a lot of experience. So it's really cool to be, you know, between those guys and everybody's kind of 
learning how we like to play best together as well as how Clayton's coaching us. So, uh, so far, I'm really pleased with, you know, the direction we're heading. Do you feel like you've reached that point of the unit where you are that cohesive group? You know, I think, I think that's constantly developing, especially with, you know, so many new faces in the room. Uh, but, you know, as an offensive line, it, it gets better and better throughout the year, you know, always. Like, we really get to know each other. We, <laughs> you know, we have mobile line dinners and so what. So I think uh, as the year progresses, we're just going to get closer and closer. And then every year, it's usually most of the time it's a new group. So then you kind of reconvene everything. But uh, it's, it's, it's awesome so far. I really like where uh, – I really like the, how the room feels. You came into this year – they were, they're going to put you at center. You had, you had experience, but not a ton. Does it, do you feel like a different player at that position now than maybe you did back in April? Um, I think it's definitely helped being able to constantly think about one job. Uh, I've been more of a swing guy along, you know, most of my career. So it's been nice to be able to hone in on one thing and focus on my technique and focus on these things instead of constantly I still got to know what the guards need to do because that helps my job. And it's actually nice that I've played guard before. So I know really what it is they're thinking and some bad positions they can get in and how I can help. Um, but uh, it's been nice to, you know, hone in on it and then just constantly try to, you know, get better. the relationship with Colt going, how has he been helping you kind of throughout this process? I mean, he's been super smooth, super easy. You know, we talk a lot about um, – how we want communication to go, what we want from each other, and like in between drives, you know, how the way we communicate to each other, he communicates to me, I relay to the line. So like our line of communication needs to be really good and strong. So, um, so far I've really enjoyed everything we, we, you know, we've been rolling with. What ways do you kind of see that veteran in him? Like he's been in the league 14 years. Like how's that experience, his experience kind of come through? Well, it's fun because like, I mean, I, I bring up something that I'm like, I don't like that. And then he's like, well, this is what I'm thinking. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, you've probably seen that look a couple thousand times. <laughs> so maybe you're right. Uh, so I'll listen to this one. But, um, you know, it's really cool for because he's so nonchalant about it. He's not a my way or the highway kind of guy. Uh, but he's a guy who's, you know, he's seen more football than pretty much the entire team. So other than Prater, probably. But... <laughs> um, so uh, definitely it's cool to be able to learn from him and what he thinks, and especially in protections, that's usually where we mostly, you know, work together. What has this week been like for you as a lineman, especially working out in the heat? Obviously, you haven't had to do that a whole lot yet. Uh, it's definitely been a big change. I think JG's been a good, uh, done a good job setting up the, the, our whole schedule. Um, but, you know, being able from, from going to practice inside and – what, 78 degrees inside on nice cool with air conditioning and all that and it covered uh it's all of a sudden you out in the sun and I uh, came home yesterday and and my wife was like are you a little bit tired I'm like well, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> but maybe it's the beating sun for an hour that, that killed me a little bit but it's definitely an adjustment but at the same time we're we're out there for an hour an hour and a half three times a day make sure you hydrate and then it's always how quick can I recover and then we're back the next day so uh, honestly, we're not we're not out there for no dumb reason. We don't stay out there just to stay out there. So get our work done, and then let's get inside. Away from the field, I think it was on Instagram, I've seen you done some mountain climbing, yeah. some rock climbing. Where, where did that passion kind of come from? Uh, I think it started with my sister. She was really into hiking, and um, she did a study abroad in New Zealand, and we went down there and visited her, and we went up and, and hiked a little bit. And uh, the first peak was uh, Rob Roy's Peak, in Wanaka down in, in the South Island and I just like 
I loved it. And then we've been on a couple of trips. We've been on a trip to Iceland and hiked it quite a bit up in Fairy Islands as well. And then I did a little bit of rock climbing up here, actually, in the, right north of Phoenix. Uh, in I forget what it's called. But, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. I, th- I don't know. It's just it's cool about peaking something, you know, finding the, the top point of anything and then kind of seeing your work in front of you. And I don't know, there's something spiritual about it. I really enjoy it. Things you want to climb someday, maybe when it falls over? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, there's the whole issue of being 300 pounds when you want to climb a mountain. <laughs> so maybe one day I'll be like, let's cut a little bit and then do something else. But, uh, yeah, so I got to carry, like, two gallons of water, and it's just a mess because I sweat so much. So uh, I'll take just, you know, the day hikes for now. Maybe eventually we'll set some more goals. How much pride do you take in having an ambassador for Denmark uh, in the NFL? Um, I think it's come more throughout my career. I think initially it was, I didn't really think much about it, but, you know, I take a lot of pride in going out there and representing Denmark to the best of my ability and also uh, hopefully, you know, shine some light on football in Denmark so small kids can, you know, have more of a want to go play football because it's not, you know, the first sport. You wait, you don't wake up and, like, I want to play football. You know, you wake up and you like, I want to play soccer or handball. Handball is really big back home, so... Uh, it's been cool to see there's a change in in some of the more higher level club leagues back home, and there's also a lot more Danish guys that are over here in college. Uh, a couple of guys that might have a chance in the next couple of years, you know, have a chance here in NFL. And um, so it's cool to see, you know, young kids DMing me and like, hey, I've seen you. My dream is now to be an NFL player, and I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> like, I never thought about that when I was there. There was no one really for me to be like, oh, that's reachable. So. It's, uh, it's cool to be in a position I'm in, and, and uh, I'm happy to help whoever, if I see the message, help any, any Dane who, you know, messages me. When you, there was another highlight of you putting Zach Allen kind of left his feet. Did, was there any kind of, did he say anything after that play went down? Ref came up and said, keep your hands inside, and that's about it. <laughs> so I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I just, I actually thought I did that. I didn't really notice it before because yeah. I was a little bit behind. Uh, on the slide, the point was in front of me, so I looked a little bit late, and I actually thought I just don't want it to be a sack, so I didn't really think much about it until we saw it on tape. What's so. been the best of the long dinner so far? Uh, we haven't really had a ton yet, but I think the uh, best one is both pot, the, you know, the, the rookie that's coming up, the rookie dinner. So we got two good rookies in our room, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. How would you assess how you've done so far throughout this training camp preseason and between now and Washington? What do you want to accomplish? You know, I think um, so far I'm happy with what my preparation has been. I think that's one of my main points, at least in my – something that I wanted to achieve is, okay, how can I just be good for Sunday? What do I need to do to not only prep for the game but physically prep, mentally prep? I think that's something that I've tried to fine-tune throughout. Um, And then the schedule has been – uh, really awesome for us and, you know, set us up for success. So I've enjoyed it so far. And, you know, Washington is still, what, three weeks away. So there's still a lot of time to, you know, continue to prep. Uh, and we're excited for that. But, um, yeah, I'm ready to kick off the season, man. You know, camp is always fun the first couple of weeks. And then you, you get a little bit of a lull. And then you're like, all right, now we're close. Uh, so it's – it's uh, I'm happy where we're at. What are you looking to get out of next week uh, practicing against the Vikings? You know, joint practices are always fun. Uh, they're 
I don't, they're almost harder than the game itself because, you know, you're flying out there in different looks and you, it's unscouted. You don't really know what you're doing or what they're going to be doing. Um, so it's always a challenge to go out there. And then you also take a lot of pride. You know, it's kind of the screen, the TV, the camera's not on. It's just like your boys against their, those bo their boys and you're just getting a good old fight, you know, getting after it. So it's it's awesome, you know, to get out there and, and also do it for you do it for you teammates out there. So it's uh, it definitely builds a lot of, you know, camaraderie within the team, and uh, we're definitely going to get better from it. Kind of like backyard football with, you know, with your cousins or and your uncles or whatever, you know. My, my family used to do that all the time. That's one of the biggest things that I miss about, you know, just time – messing things up time moving on is so i'm not really all that close with really any of my my cousins my aunts or my uncles anymore and it's a two-way street you know uh, uh to, uh, you know i gotta i gotta talk to them but they don't reach out to me so and i'm not upset about it i'm just you know throwing it out there and i don't kind of sounds like i am but y'all go in so many different directions but one of the things that I, that I, I miss is at my uh, aunt uh, uh, Uncle Brian and Aunt Brenda's house, and unfortunately their you know time messed that up too. They're not even together anymore. I don't know how in the world that you know. Still don't know how that happened, but whatever. Um, and right by right behind their house was a school and. This wide open, you know, field. Like it wasn't the their football field. It was just this field that you know they had nothing on it. And I don't even know if to this day they still, you know, they probably still it's wide open. Um, but you just uh, there, you go right through the front fence to to the field, and and then you know we're all out there. You know, if it if the the Fam from California was in town, so uh, Patty and Tom and 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 their kids were in. It you know it was a lot, a lot more going on. But if it was just you know just uh, us in in Phoenix, it was still such a good time with 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 my uncles um, and uh, and and uh, my cousins. Um, can't remember if if many of the girls would, but mainly the guy cousins. You know, so my brother, myself. Um, my cousin Isaac, Ben, um, and you know my dad, uh, um, Uncle Brian. You know, just, just there, there was enough to kind of, I don't know, uh, three on three, two on two. You know, football, whatever. Just throwing it around, and obviously there's no camera on us, whatever. Um, but you're you're just like, hey, I want to beat you, beat this team, and you're just having good time. You know, some trash talk, or whatnot, whatnot. And, you know, uh, Froholt kind of mentioned that you know, he didn't say that that's what it's like, but that's what I think of, you know, the, these um, joint practices where you have like a, a scrimmage game and there, there's no cameras on you or no nothing like that. And um, you're, you're just out there, you know, competing. And at this time of, of camp, it, it's down in the nitty gritty. You know, the guys that the on the cusp guys still trying to show out in, you know, um, for, for the film the you know, the teams film it. Uh, but it's not like, you know, nationally, you know, televised film or anything like that. Um, 
and so they're still trying to make a name and it's it's a it's a big deal big deal um and that that's kind of the vibe that i get based off of what froholt said so you know uh it, it it's interesting he said it's kind of more intense than a game but i guess if you you know put what he said mixed with what i said you can kind of feel it you know uh at least i do so uh, that that kind of that kind of jacks me up to see what will happen um, from that and what what will here happen from that. So um, now we'll uh, stay on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, go to Michael Wilson, who we've we've been getting a lot of um, talk about him. He's developing really nicely and uh, getting getting a lot of compliments. So let's hear from him directly. afterwards and looking at the tape and how you did? I thought I did decently well. Um, I think it's a little hard to completely evaluate, evaluate myself because I only played two, two series. Uh, so I, hopefully in the future I'll be able to get some more snaps under my belt, more consistent snaps you know, in a row. I feel like when you only play a couple series, um, that's like when you're starting to get your feet wet, starting to get into the groove of the game. And so, but I thought it was good. I thought. Um, I did well creating separation, having a, a few good blocks, just playing with effort, doing what uh, Coach JG is telling us to do, um, just hitting hard and giving 100% effort. You've been making some plays there. Do you feel like you found your footing in this offense, in this league? I mean, obviously, games haven't started yet, but yeah. from where you are right now. Yeah, I think I've done a good, do- good job in practice of making the plays that come to me. I think it's starting to become more routine, starting to get more comfortable in the offense, starting to get more comfortable with the NFL system starting to get more comfortable with the quarterbacks. Um, so I'm feeling really confident going into all the preseason games because I've been doing well in practice. I mean, the lack of reps, playing starter reps, though, I mean, that's got to be also a good part of that. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. Has, has anyone prepared you for what week one will be like in terms of the speed and what will be thrown at you from a defense, anything like that? I think I think our defense has done a great job. Um, I think going against, going against Marco, going against Chris, going against Keytrell, Going against all, going against Buddha, going against JT, going against our defense, um, I think has prepared me because those guys play really, really hard, and I think it was really evident to the media, to the fans, to the to the Broncos of how hard and fast our defense plays, and they hit hard, they run fast, they communicate well, um, and they're really well coached, right? I think our DB coach does a great job of coaching up our DBs with the in-shout technique, and they stay extremely square at the line of scrimmage. So I feel like if I'm able to make plays in practice, I think come game time, it's going to be easier to do than if we weren't getting a good look in practice. But I think our defense has done a great job of preparing our offense for what we're going to see on game day. How much of the coaches have yet prepared you guys, especially the younger guys who haven't been through it for next week and practicing against another team for a couple of days? Honestly, <clears throat> we, we've kind of went over the logistics, but JG's done a really good job of focusing on one thing at a time. Right, and so our focus right now is on Kansas City Chiefs, um, and once that game is over, then I think we'll start flipping the switch and focusing on Minnesota. But in OTAs, he alluded to the importance of a joint practice, especially for the rookies from an evaluation standpoint, because we have that'll be one of the first times or the first time in the entire training camp period that we'll be doing two high days, um, and so it's it's very paramount that we attack that day and compete 
because Minnesota is a good football team and they're going to bring everything we have. So it's important we match that energy. How about that from a, a rookie understanding how important a joint practice is against a good team, a team that's on paper and really just by any standards better than the Cardinals and uh, you know, just the focus they has and it's whether that's coming from him or the coaches preaching it, other uh, veteran leaders saying, Hey, we've got to show out against these boys. Um, and we, we, we got to continue to compete and, uh, you know, that nothing's given, you got to go out and take it. And, but I, I like that hearing that focus from, from a rookie, it, 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 I, it should get you jacked up. Uh, it gets me jacked up. That's for certain. Yeah, definitely all the, the vets in the room. Between Andre, between Greg, Zach, Hollywood, um, everyone's been a, done a great job of kind of taking me under their wing, um, being honest with me, giving me confidence, showing me the ropes, uh, like being like big brothers to me. So I'm fortunate for our receiver room for, I guess, just being good men um, and really, truly like rooting for me and wanting the best for me. On to become sort of a friendly target, no matter who's throwing you the football. Yeah, I think just like football is a game of a, there's 11 guys on the field, but at the end of the day, it's a one-on-one -on -one game, right? And we talk a lot about winning, doing your 111th, winning your one-on-one, -on -one, right? So on every given play, you have one assignment and one job typically. And so if I can execute my job at the highest level, if that means you know finding an open zone then that's doing that. If it's beating press coverage, then it's doing that. If it's making a contested catch, it's doing that. And if you consistently do that over, you know, X amount of practices, that's going to give the quarterbacks confidence in you, the coaches confidence in you to call plays for you, um, and your receivers confidence in you, your receiver coach confidence in you, to vouch for you, to put you in that situation. And so I think I've done a good job of that, and I, I'm just going to continue on focusing on my 111th, focusing on my job, focusing on winning my one-on-one, -on -one, catching the football, um, just showing up and be being really consistent every single day. Michael, how does Colt help you, and do you ever remember watching anything on any highlights of him growing up? You said who? Colt. Colt McCoy? Yeah. It was funny. I was just having a conversation with, uh, with Clayton yesterday. Like, everyone knows Colt McCoy. Everyone in the football world knows Colt McCoy because of what he did at Texas. And my receiver coach in college, Bobby Kennedy, was actually there. He was a receiver's coach at Texas. So he would tell me stories of Colt, of Vince Young, um, of Jordan Shipley, of how that team, what that team morale was like, and how they were able to kind of spearhead that Texas football program to multiple na national championships. And competing in national championships. And he, he was telling me, like, we were 10, 10 wins this year, 10 wins this year, 10 wins this year. And he would tell me of how good of a leader Colt was and how things got, you know, a little rough at times. He was one of the guys that would say, would bring the team up and say, no, nah, like, we're okay. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get the job done. And so, he, you know, he's a football legend. Um, obviously, he's had a, a great career, 14, year 14 in the NFL. Uh, but I, 
known about Colt since I was in the fifth grade. I was probably yeah, 10, 9, nine 10 years old when he was doing really well with, with Texas. How's this month been, you and Sophia? I mean, just going to the next level both through careers and yeah. just the, the positives, negatives, all that. I think it's been, it's been an exciting time. It's funny how life kind of works out where it's her first World Cup, it's my first uh, training camp in the league. And so, you know, when she had her last game against, or the game against um, Sweden when they lost, like my, pre my first preseason game was the next week. So I think it's kind of interesting how the parallels of our career, like she played her first World Cup game and two weeks later I'm playing in my first preseason game. So it's definitely been a lot for sure because I'm trying to, training camp is already stressful enough. Then I'm, you know, stressed about how the World Cup is going and staying up late to watch her games, which is a lot in itself because there's so much at the line because it's a World Cup. Um, but that's what you do when you just, you know, in a committed relationship and trying to work through things. You just got to support each other and got to be there for one another when time gets hard things get hard, and that's what we do a good job of. So you were able to watch every single game, even though they were super late? I watched every single game. So they played, so the Vietnam game was, was smooth because I was at 6 o'clock on Friday. Then uh, the Netherlands game was during meetings. So I was able to catch the beginning of the game and then the last 15 minutes or so. And then the last two games, one was at uh, 12 a.m. when they played Portugal. So I, I, I went to sleep at like 9.30, woke up, watched the game for two hours, went back to sleep. And then the last game when they played Sweden, that was after we had a scrimmage. So we had the day off, thankfully, right? And so that was, that was good that we had a day off because that, that game was like from 2 a.m. to 5.30. Uh, but I wouldn't miss a, I was talking about it with Zach. He's like, you gonna wake up? I'm like, bro, of course I'm gonna wake up. I'm not missing a World <laughs> Cup game. Like, you, you only get so many in a lifetime. So I feel like regardless of whatever time it is, you have to allocate time to make sure you don't miss those games because they're like gold because you don't, you don't get them very often. How tough was it watching because of so many of the expectations for the team and it obviously didn't work out? How tough was it watching? I think it, I mean, obviously for the, from the U.S. standpoint, like you, I still believe they're the best team in the world. But that's, that's the nature of sport. And I think from watching the game, it was evident from my standpoint, I'm not a soccer expert, but I feel like the U.S. outplayed Sweden um, in, the, in, the one, in the 120 minutes. But when it comes down to penalties, and Sophia was explaining to me, like pretty much any team can win because it's more of like what team is on the day with those penalty kicks. And so that's the nature of the game. They've had so much success and so much to be proud about in the last you know, however many years since they've, the U.S. women's national team has been around. Um, but I know from Sophia, from all the young players on the team, like they're going to respond the right way. And they're all super young. Sophia's just turned 23. So she's hopefully got two more World Cups, if not three, um, to go kind of reclaim and, and restake the U.S. dominance. So I'm excited for the whole team. I like that. Like that a little bit in there, you know, showing commitment to his, uh, I think his girlfriend. I don't think they're married. I can't remember. No, no, no. He has a girlfriend. I, I think we answered that last time, but I, I, I forgot that quick. Forgot that quick. Um, but that's everything Cardinals. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to 
uh, just some more Suns talk. I hope you've been enjoying uh, three three consecutive shows on uh, on Suns a little bit. So uh, we have some more to go. So uh, we'll, we'll do Suns coming up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. DeAndre Aiden has played uh, pretty solid in some qualifying matches for his nation, for his country of the Bahamas, and uh, it's gaining a lot of uh, attention over here in the States and, and uh, most certainly here in Arizona, or well, I say here in Arizona, but in Arizona, and of course for me here in Billings, uh, that'd be amazing if it's getting a lot of uh, attention in Billings. Uh, but uh, it is only if you listen to the show. And, of course, if you're listening right now, then you do listen to the show. But um, please uh, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, your enemies about the show. So more and more people um, throughout the world, and, uh, again, if you live in Billings, can know about what's going on and what's going on with uh, with me and, and what I talk about. But um, it, 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 it's, it keeps on going, and... and the the big question is is how much is this going to matter for for DA when when the rubber hits the road and and uh, he's playing some NBA competition again um, and that's kind of the the big question um, but for what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing it's not just the numbers but the focus that he's had uh, the dirt uh, the intensity the de- the determination. Um, to 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 win and and lead his his team, um, ha, has been good and that that's that's what a lot of us are are jacked up about. Um, Burns and Gambo talked about it, and uh, so we're gonna listen on what what they had to say, and uh, and then I'll give my thoughts thereafter. Um, but this is courtesy of the Arizona Sports uh, YouTube page. Andre Eaton, two games for the. Bahamian national team so far, and he has gone absolutely crazy. He is he has been the very, very manifestation of everything that we hope DeAndre Ayton will be. Now, we've seen this before out of DeAndre. We saw it during the entire 2021 playoffs, so we shouldn't be surprised by it. I haven't seen it in a little while, but so we wanted to see it again. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen this level of DeAndre, and he was fantastic again last night as the Bohemian national team came from behind against Argentina, one of the best teams in the world, and beat them handily last night. And DeAndre Ayton was the best player on the floor in that game. And it wasn't an easy game. They were down by 18. <laughs> so they had to come storming back. And they even took the uh, – they even took like an eight or a nine-point lead, and then um, it was down to four. So Argentina so, – so the Bahamas were down by 18. Then they were up by 18 in the fourth quarter – but it got cut to four with about two and a half minutes remaining. But Eric Gordon got a big basket. Buddy Heald buried a three-pointer, and they were able to win the game. But the big story really was DeAndre Ayton, really strong again. Another double-double, 22 points, 15 rebounds, a very efficient 11 of 16 from the field. The steals, the blocks, he was all over the place in bringing the Bahamas what was, you know, according to a guy that's been covering the team for a long time, the greatest win in the history of their basketball program. I'll be honest with you. It's like I see the 22 points. I see the efficient shooting. My eyes just go right to the rebounds and the blocks, right? That's because that's that's the nut. That's what you want this year out of DeAndre Ayton, right? The, the, the points, the Suns are going to have points in spades, man. They're going to have plenty of points everywhere, and I get it. 
giving DeAndre Ayton his touches are going to be the key to getting him to engage defensively. But I'm looking at those rebounds. I'm looking at those block shots. That's the version of DeAndre Ayton the Suns need this year, right? Yeah. That no, is... and, and in what he when he's playing like that, like there was some guy from U, the University of Louisiana Monroe on this Bahamas team, um, uh, Munnings. I can't remember what his first name was. Eight of eight shots, three of three from three-point range, had 20 points, wide open. Because you got to worry about eight, and you got to worry about heel. You got to. This is why I think. I think about it. A Suns team. You got to worry about Durant. You got to worry about Beal. You got to worry about Booker. All these guys that are gonna get wide open shots. Here's a guy playing with three NBA guys, and he goes for 20 points. He doesn't miss a shot because yeah. all his shots are wide open. We had a really good guest on earlier today. I hope you got a chance to listen to John Mark Nutt. He is a reporter and photographer for 10th Year Seniors. We've been reading some of his stuff online because he's like from my high school career. Uh, I'm sorry? Sounds like me in high school. I was a 10th year senior. I graduated <laughs> when I was 27. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's, that wasn't expecting was that. 10th year senior. Um, he's there. He's in Argentina. We had him live on the show earlier today. But he's from the Bahamas, and he's been covering DeAndre Eaton since he was a teenager there. Um, so you want perspective on how big of a deal this is for them? Well, here you go. This is so important for us. We've always dreamt about having a team like this, a team with the caliber of players that we have today. DeAndre Aiden, we know, has always been a catalyst for the Bahamian people, for the Bahamian team. So everyone knows that pretty much Team Bahamas ride on DeAndre Aiden. How, how far the big man takes is how far Team Bahamas go in international play. And if these games give DeAndre the opportunity to showcase more of his abilities. To me, he looks way leaner than he did a year ago. Like, he, to me... He, he looks like, I mean, you know he's a big guy, he's a muscular guy, but he just looks like he's more lean and more able to just to be a nimble player now, be able to get the ball. To, like, he, I, you said you've been watching it. Get the ball off the three-point line, fake the handoff to Buddy, and, and take it down to dunk the basketball um, versus jam against Cuba. So it's like he has the tools. It just has to be given the opportunity to show that he could do it in the NBA. That, to me, is the key. Has, has the tools, needs the opportunity to show it. Well, and in particular, his handle, his ability to create for himself off the dribble, to be more than just a pick-and-pop guy, right? To be more than just a pick-and-roll guy, to be more than 15-foot mid-range jump shot guy. The ability to, to have the handle, drive the rim, attack the rim, Dunk the basketball. I know it's superficial, but we all get excited when DeAndre dunks the basketball. He doesn't do it nearly enough. That stuff that he's doing in this tournament, I want to see that translate offensively because that's the stuff that DeAndre Ayton still has a world of potential to unlock offensively. He, there's so much more to his game than he's showing us, than he's doing. And I hope these games for the Bahamas are showing him that, that he can do these things on a regular basis because it just takes his whole game to another level. But it does beg the question, can he do it on a regular basis against competition like that? or And can he do it against competition in the NBA? Which is a much, it's much different. It's much, the defenders are much different. The help defense, the co everything's different. Argentina is a very talented, well-coached, you know, team. They're fourth in the world. Um, that, you know, Campazzo, former NBA player on that squad. He was, he's been able to do it. We looked at the Cuba game. We didn't really give it much thought. Okay, played well. That's good. But we knew going into that game yesterday against Argentina that that was a good, that was a good barometer to gauge DeAndre Ayton. Look, I, I don't, I don't see any negatives out of this. If he leads his team to, uh, you know, to to advance in the pre-qualifying tournament, if they win this thing, if he plays well, if he's named MVP, whatever. 
Like, it's only going to help him grow as a player. These competitions are good. They help you get better. He's still a young kid, and he's he was lacking a little confidence. Hopefully this gets his confidence I back. I only see one negative, and that's if it's another false alarm. You know? Because we've had a few of these with DeAndre. We've, we've, if it's another false alarm of, okay, our appetite is we're, we're primed, we're ready to go, we're geared, here comes DeAndre Ayton, and he doesn't follow it up. You know? Like, like that's we've we've had that moment before that to me is the only negative is that it, it's it's wetting our appetite for a meal that we're never going to be served that's the only downside to this potentially i, I think with the you get served the meal but it's not a regular you know, like if you go to the same restaurant every time it's you want a good quality meal every time he doesn't give that to you you know we, we talk about this all the time the difference between playing 20 great games to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 you know, what's if he could take his game to another level, he'll be more consistent and everybody will love his and, game. And that's my point is I'm hoping that these games show his ability yeah. to get to that consistent level. But until we see it in the NBA, it's hard to know whether it's going to happen for sure or not. I echo those thoughts as well, um, but I would add something to it. Man, I just hope what I hope is that, you know, I don't expect Buddy healed, but, uh, you know, uh, Gordon to – um, you know, come on alongside uh, maybe even the coaching staff there for, for the Bahamas national team. Say, hey, look look DeAndre in the eye. Maybe, you know, do this, tap him on the chest, but it's not going to sound like wood, you know, and say, hey, look at me. You know, almost like um, Monty Williams did. Hey, look at me. And he looks up or down at you, whatever, and because he's tall. And, uh, he, you know, and, and you could just say, hey, I like what I'm seeing from you. And, and you know help help us bring us home, but don't just do that. Do that for your team, uh, for the Suns. You've shown that you can. Everybody wants to see it. You know, let let you know what, what are you gonna do, Da? You know, and just kind of. I I don't know if anything like that is gonna happen, but I hope that it does. I hope that some you know uh, uh, his teammates there give a, gives him confidence that hey, we believe in you. Um, go, don't just, you know, represent the Bahamas now, bring the same fight, focus and effort to your son's team and represent the Bahamas through the Phoenix Suns. And it, I, I, that's the conversation I would try to have. And because un unfortunately <laughs> DA is one of those guys that he needs those, I think I think everybody does from time to time, but DA really needs those, um, you know, just heart to heart, face to face conversations, and, and uh, who knows if he's gonna get get them or he, if he's getting them. Uh, I think that could help uh, a, a great deal um, as well. Um, with that, that's that's what we got. That's the show. Um, I hope you guys uh, have enjoyed. Um, you know, a Friday slash Saturday edition. So Saturdays are back temporarily, at least for this show. Um, and uh, hope you had uh, your Friday was good. Hope your weekend is good. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll be speaking with you on on Monday. Um, but uh, uh, feel free to, uh, you know, like, comment, share, follow any of these um, posts um and uh you know any anything that you see um on uh on facebook instagram uh tiktok um and youtube 
all of it at Big Sky Sports Talk. Please like, follow, and share the, those pages. Um, and then if you want to add anything, um, uh, you can shoot me a message on on those. A direct message from uh, TikTok or TikTok. Well, you can do direct message from TikTok. Yeah, uh, from um, Instagram and Facebook. You know, at Big Sky Sports Talk. Shoot a message. Get involved. You know, let me know what you think. What you, you know, what you, give, give, just give me some feedback. Uh, uh, something you want to talk about. Uh, you want to debate about something. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Shoot a message. Um, you can email me. Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com. Um, plenty of options to listen to the show. Spotify, Apple, Google, um, Audible, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, plenty of uh, ways to listen and uh, whether it's just one that you prefer or maybe you want to go for extra credit and, and, and uh, help me out, boost the numbers, listen on all the platforms, uh, that would that would be absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, and hit the bell notification so that way you, you don't um, miss out on the show. Um, and share it. Share the show. Um, share it with your friends, your family, your neighbor, your enemy. Put it on your social media. To, uh, tag us in it. Whatever you want to do. I appreciate you guys that that do anything and everything. And so um, until um, until uh, Monday, I thank you. Have a good weekend.